All right, so here we go, guys. We're in our discipleship series. We're gonna continue on with it today. Turn to Matthew chapter six. We're gonna be there here in just a minute. And if you guys have not been in this series very long with us, I encourage you to go back and listen to Pastor Thomas's messages. Uh, They have been challenging, equipping, equipping, strengthening, at least for me personally, and they've been building on top of each other one week over the next. So if you haven't listened to all those, go back and listen to them. And today we have a really important topic, okay? I know we say that every Sunday, right? Today I have something really important to share with you, but I really do. I believe that if we can get a hold of this and really understand what it is and how to do it, it will change our lives as disciples forever. And you're thinking, like, what do you mean how we do it? This is what I mean. Today, I want to talk to you guys about having a lifestyle of prayer. Having a lifestyle of prayer. If I said, hey, as disciples of Christ, is prayer pretty important? Most of you guys would say, yes, right? But yet we fail to fully embrace this lifestyle of prayer like I believe God really wants us to. And and this is what I mean by that. Uh, 1 Thessalonians tells us that we are to never stop praying. And that's kind of a big deal, right? Like that's a, that's a pretty big command. Or maybe you heard it this way, pray without ceasing. What does that even mean? I've thought about this before, right? What does even pray without ceasing mean? Does that mean we lock ourselves in our closets and just pray all day? And if we don't do that, we're like in sin or something? Like, no, I don't think that's what it means. This is what I think. I was talking to Pastor Thomas about this and we were like, man, I think what that means, that verse specifically, means that God does not want us to compartmentalize our prayer life. Right? Because you know what I mean by that. Like we have these like lives. We have our church life. We have our sporting life. We have our work life. We have our family life. And maybe in church life on Sunday mornings, yeah, we can, we can might, we'll pray. And if we're really spiritual and go to a life group on Wednesday nights, we'll, we'll pray there. But other than that, and maybe the occasional meal, many Christians don't spend their time in prayer. And that is just such a miss. God wants us to learn how to continually communicate with him in all aspects of life. Psalms 34 verse one goes as far to say, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. Okay, so this is a big deal. And why do we fully uh, fail to embrace these commands? Because I guarantee if I asked you guys who has ever struggled in their prayer life or maybe who's struggling right now in their prayer life, well, I'll just ask that. Has anyone ever struggled in their prayer life? Okay, look around. You're in good company, right? But why? Why is it so hard? And I honestly feel like because there's so many barriers, because uh, uh, praying is a very spiritual thing. We live in this physical world, right? And we have all these physical and, and mental and emotional barriers that keep us from doing the things that our spirit wants us to do. Uh, I mean, honestly, think of all the distractions we have, right? From social media to Uh, you know, some good things, maybe some bad things, but seemingly even good things we can get so distracted on and forget, you know, we don't have time to pray or whatnot. Uh, Adrian knows, I I believe I'm a very attentive husband, right? But Adrian knows September 1st rolls around and hunting season comes and I have a different person. Yes, I am. And she'll be like, Micah, Micah, Micah. I'm like, oh, what? Were you talking to me? She's like, are you thinking about hunting again? I'm like, yes, I am. Like, I can't help it. I'm distracted, right? Like, I'm always looking at the weather and seeing when's the next best time to go out. We just be distracted about good things, maybe not so good things. We can also become misguided about our purpose in life. And, and that is the different, we, difference. We can be distracted, but we can also become misguided because uh, you know, we, we live in this Western culture where we think, hey, we were born and we start here. And the goal, the purpose in our life is to somehow in here. And the difference is more money, more cars, more houses, more prestige, whatever the case may be. 
Listen, the American dream, nothing's wrong with that. Like, there's nothing wrong with making money. There's nothing wrong with owning a home or a car. But if we think that is the purpose for which we live, our prayer life is gonna suffer. It just is going to, because that is not the purpose for which we were created. You know, we were actually created to have relationship with God. That is the primary purpose for which he created you and me. So we, we can become distracted, we can become misguided. And I, I think the biggest one, if I said, came to you and said, hey, do you pray uh, every day? And you'd probably, oh, maybe not. It's just, I don't have enough. See, I didn't have to tell you. You guys already knew, you know the excuse, right? All of us have said it. I've said to everyone in this room, I don't have enough time. All right, for the sake of making everyone squirm in their seats real fast, if you wanna pull out your phones, I want you to do something for me, okay? Pull out your phones, if you have one in here. And I want you to go to your settings button. And this is for iPhone users. If you have an Android, you can follow along the best you can. And if you go to your settings button and scroll down just a little bit, you're gonna see a button that says screen time. I want you to hit that button, okay? Now, I did this the other day and I'm not very much on social media or do anything like that. And the number I saw was three hours, okay? And I was like, oh, three hours a week? Yeah, that's not bad because yeah, I do get my news and I, I do some work on my phone and I do all that. And all of a sudden I, I read it more clearly and said, no, this is your average a day. And I was like, no, <laughs> there is no possible way I spend three hours a day on my phone. But if you wanna go even a little bit farther, you can scroll down and you can see a button that says, see all activity. And if you hit that button, it will actually tell you, your phone tracks how much time you spend on your Gmail account and how much time you spend on YouTube watching cat videos or whatever you do, right, in your spare time. And so today, though, I'm gonna have to have you do this again because on Sundays, it's a new week, it resets itself. So if you're looking like, oh, five minutes, like I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, you're doing good. If you're already at three hours, that means you've already been on your phone three hours today already, okay? And I see some people squirming in their seats right now. So check it on like Thursday and Friday and that will be your running total and tell me you don't have enough time to spend time in prayer, okay? Uh, I'm telling you, it's an excuse that we use. It's just not, maybe it's not as real of an excuse as we thought. But then we have some other things that I think we're maybe a little bit embarrassed to talk about why we struggle to develop a prayer life, these barriers. Maybe you feel like, man, I, um, I'm not smart enough. I'm not spiritual enough. I don't have the words, or maybe I've never been taught to pray. It's not fun to do something you've never been taught to do, right? If I gave someone a bike, I was like, hey, go for it. Like, you're gonna have so much fun, I promise you. And they're like, oh, no one's ever taught me. It's like, are they gonna have fun with that bike? Nah, right? It's okay, and today we're actually going to look and we're gonna teach you guys how to pray, how to take time, how to meditate, and really focus on what God is calling us to do. But here's the thing, you might battle, you might battle some of those barriers, but I truly believe when you bring intentionality and focus and faith into it, it can make all the difference. I was talking to Beth Diaz, actually she brought it up just a few weeks ago. And she mentioned when she gave her life to the Lord, she hardly knew anything about God. She didn't know the books of the Bible, where to find them, how to pray. And when people would ask her to pray out loud, she said she would literally convulse, like she would shake and like, oh, please don't call me to pray out loud. And, and that's crazy because if you know Beth Diaz, a few women have ever been around women's ministry and hear her teach and pray, you're like, man, Beth could call down fire from heaven if she wanted to. And, and one time I left that dirty dish in the sink and you found out it was me and you called down fire. Like it was right there, right? But what she said was, hey, you know what? With a little bit of practice, 
With a little bit of faith, I became more and more comfortable with it, and now here she is leading women's ministry at the church. And so that's what I wanna encourage. If the goal of anything from today's message is this, is I want the people of Rest City, the people of God, you and me, to become fully alive and shining brightly in our prayer life, that we'd wake up and we'd have an excitement to go, man, I get to communicate, I get to talk to the creator of the universe, my God and your God, my Father and your Father, and that is the goal of today's message, okay? We're gonna do it by unpacking four, the four questions about prayer. We're gonna answer four questions. The first one is this, why do we pray? Why did God choose prayer to be the mechanism that we communicate with God? Second one, who is prayer for? Is it prayer for just believers? Is it pray, is prayer for non-believers? Is it for both? Who's it for? Here's another big one. What are we supposed to pray for? Are there good things to pray for? Are there things that we're not supposed to pray for? And finally, the last one we'll look at is how are we supposed to pray? But before we dive into that, let's just pray ourselves. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord and really prepare our hearts for him uh, to speak to us. So God, I just thank you for every single person in this room watching online today. God, I pray that you truly would speak to us. Holy Spirit, come and fill this room, fill our lives. And I pray, God, that we would not be the same as we walk out of here, God, that we would have this lifestyle prayer. We would not compartmentalize you, but invite you to every area and every aspect of our lives. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. amen. All right, so first question we're gonna unpack is, why do we pray? Why do we pray? If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down, and, and it's a very powerful, profound definition of prayer. Are you guys ready? Prayer is how we communicate with God. It really is that simple. Prayer is how we communicate with God, and we communicate for one reason and one reason only, and it's to build relationship. God gave us prayer so we could actually have relationship with him. It's that simple. A few weeks ago, Pastor Thomas gave a message on the Holy Spirit, if you guys remember that, right? And one of his major uh, points in that message was the Holy Spirit is a person, right? It's not a thing, it's not an it, it's not an idea, it's a he, it's a him, it's a person. And why is that important? Because you can't have a relationship with a thing or an it, but you can have a relationship with a person. Well, the same thing is true about prayer. You have to be able to communicate with that person to develop real relationship, right? That just makes sense. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to love studying Civil War history. I was a real geek about it. I'd ask my mom and dad for books and documentaries, and as like an eight-year-old, I'd watch documentaries about the Civil War. Specifically, I love the character uh, and history of Abraham Lincoln. I thought his life was super fascinating and I know a lot about him, and I could say, I know Abraham Lincoln, like, I know him. And you guys would go, no, you don't really know him. I'm like, no, no, I do, I've read his speeches, and, and I've seen pictures, and I've watched movies, I mean, I, I know him. And you go, no, you don't really know him, Micah, because you never talked to him, you never really met the guy before. And that makes sense in the physical realm, but we do this in the spiritual realm all the time, right? Where we go, oh, I know God. I know, I mean, I go to church, I read books about him. Shoot, I even have friends who know God. And so, I, I mean, I really know God. And I go, okay, how often do you talk to him? How often do you actually communicate with him? And you go, oh, not very much. Well, what kind of relationship would you have? What kind of relationship would I have with my wife if I only talked to her on Sunday mornings on Wednesday nights for an hour and a half every week? Right? That's, we laugh because that's just not much of a relationship. And yet, that's what we do with God. We, we, like, we designate an hour and a half once a week, maybe two, 
And we say, yeah, I know God, I have a relationship, but we hardly communicate with them. Listen, the best relationships that we have in this life are people that we can be real with. I know I can be 100% real with my wife. And I have a couple other guys in my life that I know I can bring up anything to talk about, and they're not gonna judge me for it. But that's the beauty of having a real relationship with someone is you can talk to them about anything, but did you know you can be real with God? You can be absolutely real with God. This is what 1 Peter 5, 7 says. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Give all your worries. Think about that. Have you ever had a friend come up to you and start like unloading everything that's going on in life and you're like, whoa, I was not expecting that. Like, that's a little bit much. I have never gone to God, and he's like, whoa, Micah, TMI. Like, that is just too much. I cannot handle this right now, bro. Like, simmer down. Like, no, he's never done that because he loves me. He desires me to bring all my fears, all my worries to him. Psalm 41, verse four, uh, I'm sorry, Psalm 145, verse 18 says, the Lord is close to all those who call on him. Yes, all who call on him in truth. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13 says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And that's the cornerstone of relationship, isn't it? That if you really wanna have a relationship with someone, real relationships take time. God says, you have to seek me with all of your heart, with every aspect of your being, not just on Sunday mornings, not just on uh, Wednesday nights, not when the Jayhawks need one more point to win the game, you start praying. No, you start praying at the beginning of the game. Come on, what are you doing, right? No, you pray on all aspects of life in every circumstance, God has called you to pray. He desires that. Psalm 18 verse, uh, verse six says, in my distress, I call to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. And guys, listen, in your distress, you can come to God in big things, little things, and anything in between. And yet, I've been a Christian uh, most of my life, and I have still struggled to do this, to really come to God in prayer for everything. And I, uh, my wife reminded me of this story. Uh, last year, we had an unexpected car expense. You guys know how much fun those are, right? And I, I, it was $700. Guys, I, I told this story to my life group a couple of weeks ago, and I misquoted. I said it was 500 She was like, no, she remembers everything. She's like, no, Mike, it was $700, right? So $700 car expense, and listen, that was not gonna make or break us. It's, it's $700, right? But we didn't have really like the cash on hand. It wasn't just like sitting in our bank account. And so we started talking one morning, and... And she was like, well, we could pull it from this savings account or this savings thing. And I was like, ah, oh, let me think about it and we'll talk about it tonight. And so I go to work and instead of praying about it, I just thought about it all day. And it just started to rob my peace. Like, I don't wanna spend $700. I don't want my car to break down. Like, if I'm gonna spend $700, I wanna buy like a new gun or something. Like, I don't wanna buy, spend it on my car. And so I just, I honestly, I just had a bad attitude, lost my peace, I, I kind of ruined my day just being real with you. So we go, I go home and we're playing with the kids and we get that done and then we're finally getting our little time at the end of the day and I've just had to be real with my wife and I was like, man, honey, I'm sorry, babe. I'm just having the worst attitude about this. Like, I don't wanna pull money out of our savings and do this. I don't wanna pay this money. And she goes, well, Micah, have you prayed about it? And I'm like, 
well, I probably should have. I'm a pastor, so you know, like maybe I should have done that. And I kind of felt embarrassed, like, no, I really haven't. So she gets out of bed and she has this prayer wall. She puts these little sticky notes on and she'd already written it down and put it on there, provision for car repair. She just says a simple little prayer, Lord, please like give us provision for this car. In Jesus' name, amen. She starts walking back to the bed and we hear something slip behind our dresser, okay? I kid you not, we hear it and I'm like, what was that? She goes, I don't know. She walks over there, lifts over the dresser, looks down and she starts laughing. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you laughing? She bends down, pulls out an envelope, walks over to me and there's $700 cash in there. And I start going, babe, you're gonna pray for me more often. Come on, like, let's go. Did that just like fall from heaven? And she's like, no, Micah, don't you remember? Earlier this year, we went on vacation with your parents to Colorado and they paid us in cash. We split the cabin we stayed at down the middle and it was $700. We just forgot to deposit it. And I was just thinking, man, isn't that just like God? It, it, like he already had the provision for us, but he was waiting for us to come to him in prayer. Why? Because he was trying to develop a relationship with me. I mean, at any moment for the last five months, I could have looked over and been like, yo, we got $700, right? But it's like, no, he waited for me to come to him in prayer and say, God, I need you. Why? Because he wants to develop a relationship with us. Amen? Amen. Yeah, well, I'll praise God for that. So question number two, who is prayer for? Is it for unbelievers? Is it for believers only? Here's the thing, I believe it is for anyone. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Why we were sinners, Christ died for us. So I believe why we were sinners, we can come to him. I firmly believe that. But how do we know prayer is really for you and me? Well, how about a direct command from God in James 5, 16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Listen, you are robbing your brothers and sisters in Christ of a blessing when we are not praying for each other. We are robbing them of a blessing that God has for them. We've read it once, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. We're called to pray without ceasing. Matthew 26, verse 41 says, watch and pray. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation for the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. If anyone has ever struggled with temptation before, prayer is for you. If you've ever needed strength, if you've never needed courage, you've ever needed just, you know, uh, uh, just a resounding God, I need you today, prayer is for you. It is for everyone. So who's it for? It's for everyone. But another interesting question is, well, who are we supposed to be praying to? Have you ever kind of thought about this a little bit? I'm gonna, we'll talk about this more and how we should pray, but I just wanna give you this little guideline here of uh, who we should be praying to. So Jesus teaches, I ask you to turn there in Matthew chapter six, verse nine, and, he, and his disciples come to him and say, Jesus, please teach us how to pray. And he goes, okay, if you're gonna pray, I want you to start like this. Our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. And he starts off just like that. And Jesus knew, and we know, his primary purpose in coming to this earth was to break the power of sin over our lives so we could have direct access to the Father. So I truly believe we are called to pray to God our Father, right? But listen, we're going to go through Jesus Christ. Look at what John 14, 13 through 14 says. Jesus says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. So we're supposed to go to God the Father through Jesus Christ, his Son, and the third step is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 26 through 27 says, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. 
but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So listen, this is not like dogma. This is not like a a standard, like you have to do it this way. But I believe we're supposed to pray to God our Father through Jesus Christ or in his name and empowered by the Holy Spirit. However, if you come to God and say, dear Jesus, I need you today, is that okay? Absolutely. Why? Because Jesus is God. If you say, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom in this situation, is that okay? Yes. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is God. If you say, dear Lord, instead of our Father, is that okay? Yes. Why? Because you, God knows it's all the three persons in one. We can't get caught up on the semantics. Don't get caught up and overthink it or overcomplicate it. God just wants you to come to him in prayer because he made it for you. He made it for me. All right, question number three, what are we supposed to pray for? And that, this is a big one, right? Are, are there things that we're supposed to pray for? Are there things that we're not supposed to pray for? Um, I'll tell you guys right now, I believe we, and I'll t- tell you why here in a minute, I'll give you scripture backing for this, but I believe we can pray for anything. Big things, small things, anything in between, anything short of sin, I believe we could pray for it. If you're praying for God to help you with sin, Good luck and God bless you. Be careful, right? Like that's not, you're not gonna bode very well. But I believe we can come to him with anything. But this is what I believe. To God, motivation matters. Motivation matters. And so we should be praying for our family. We should be praying for our marriages. We should be praying for prosperity for our businesses. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But if God sees a man or a woman over here, over here, but he sees one person praying and they're like, God, I would really love for you just to bless my business because, man, I, I need to keep up with my neighbor. He just bought a new truck and I need a new truck and, and I need to keep up with the Joneses. And if you just, I, I mean, people might see me, my Instagram, would you please just help me, help me get more, God, please, in Jesus' name, amen, compared to a man over here or someone who says, God, please, we have an offering, a Heart for the Kingdom offering coming up in a few weeks. Would you bless my business so I can be a blessing to people all around the world, people who chose to be missionaries or experiencing financial crises that I used to have when I was younger or whenever I struggled with that. So God, would you please bless me so I can be a blessing to others? In Jesus' name, amen. Who's God gonna bless? Motivation matters. He sees our hearts. Even if we don't say it out loud, we may not ever pray that. I think I've prayed a prayer like that once or twice before in my heart, right? And I've said things that, I, or I believe things that I knew weren't the best for me. Motivation matters to God. But so what are we supposed to pray for? I believe we can pray for anything, but God is not some genie in the bottle that we just say the magic words and we say, come on, God, poof, like give it to me, I need this, right? But we can come to him with anything. First Peter 5, 7 says this, cast all your anxiety all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. In our time of need. And I think the one that just takes the cake, Philippians 4.6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Think about that. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. 
We can come to God with the the smallest things or the biggest things. He just wants us to come to him. He wants us to bring our fears, our worries, our anxieties, because he cares so much. And like I said, this is still something that I am like learning. And I'm like we said, I'm a pastor. I I, I do this kind of stuff all the time, uh, but I made that mistake last year. And, uh, you know, without praying about my car, but God still provided. This year, I had another funny example. I, uh, my wife and I got our tax return back, and we wanted budget just a little bit to redo some things in our lawn. We wanted to plant some grass. I wanted to build my kids a new swing set. So we budgeted some money, and I pretty much got everything I wanted to get done, right? There was only one thing that I couldn't do is I wanted to sod a little piece of my backyard because it's on a hill, and it just never grassy, never really takes there very easily. It's high traffic area. But the problem was the money ran out. Like, you know, everything's more expensive than what you thought. We didn't really budget uh, accordingly, but I'm like a strict budget guy. So I was like, sorry, babe, like that's not in the budget. We already did all these things. We'll get sod next year or whatever. And I was perfectly fine like that. I was not gonna let this uh, have my happiness wrapped up in some pieces of grass, right? But this time I was like, but God, I wanna come to you because I know you care about the big things in my life and the little things in my life. And I said, God, like literally one time, I was like, if you could just provide a way for us to get that sod, I'd really appreciate it. Just one time in my prayer uh, time in the morning and I, I, you know, I went about my day. And you know what happened the next day? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. And you know what happened the next day? Nothing. <laughs> And I was like, okay, that's okay. I'm not gonna get wrapped up, right? And so, but then last week, I was in our all staff meeting. I heard my phone. I saw I had a text. I looked over and I saw it was my neighbor. Now, I had not, I talked to my neighbor a lot, but I had not talked to him in a a couple weeks. But three days prior uh, to this, uh, him texting me, he got a giant shipment of sod and he did his whole backyard. And honestly, for those three days, I was coveting my neighbor's sod. Like, you know, I'm just like, that looks so good. Like, I realized I was old at that moment when I don't want video games, I want like sod. I'm like, what is wrong with me? And so I was just like, man, like, that looks so nice. I wish, but hey, it's all good. It's all good, God. It's all right. And so I get this text. I look over. He goes, hey, Micah, do you know I finished uh, sodding my lawn last night, but I have 30 pieces too much. Would you like them? And I was like, I learned over. I showed Adrian. She just starts laughing. I'm like, man, yes, yes, yes. Like, thank you so much. And super small thing. Honestly, we could have just got, I went and bought the sod. It wasn't actually that much money. It wasn't that big of a deal. I'm just a stick, stickler to the budget. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. And, uh, but God cares even about the little things. I'm telling you, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything, right? He wants us to come with to him. He wants us to come with him, but he wants us to come with gratefulness and thankfulness, right? Like I was just, man, God, thank you for everything I could get done. But if you could provide this, He'll, he'll do it, right? And if he didn't, my happiness wasn't gonna be wrapped up in that. And then finally, here's a big question. We're gonna spend a long time on this. It's how, how, how should we pray? Is there a pattern? Is there a way? We talked about it a little bit, but how should we pray? I found this prayer um, on the internet and I wanna read it to you. And I just want you to see if you've ever prayed a prayer like this before. This is called the warrior's prayer. It starts like this. Dear Lord, off to a good start, I think. It says, help me to relax about insignificant details beginning tomorrow morning at 7.41 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> help me to consider people's feelings, even if most of them are just being hypersensitive. Help me take responsibility for the consequences of my actions, even though most of them are not my fault. <laughs> Lord, help me try to not to run everything 
But if you do need some help, just let me know. Lord, help me be more laid back and help me do it exactly right. Give me patience, Lord. No, I mean it right now. Lord, help me do only what I can do and trust you for the rest. And would you mind putting that in writing for me? Keep me open to others, uh, keep me open to others' ideas, misguided though they may be. In Jesus' name, amen, right? And, and I think we've all prayed that before, right? Where we're like, God, I'm so sorry. Help me, give me patience. But if my kids wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have acted this way, right? Or, oh, Lord, forgive me for what I just said. But if my wife wouldn't have just said that to me, I probably wouldn't have said that to her. You know, like, so how are we supposed to pray? Can we come to God with us? Listen, if you prayed a prayer like that, I know, I know I have once or twice in my life, maybe more. God still wants us to come to him. God still wants us to come to him. But what are we supposed to do? How are we actually supposed to pray and come to God? And as I was studying and preparing this message, I feel like I have three words for you guys. Three words for you guys. And the first one is gratefulness. I believe God wants us to come to him with gratefulness. Every single time we come to him in prayer, God wants us to be grateful. Philippians 4, 6, we've read it once, but listen, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. Thank him for what he has done. I'm telling you, as a father myself, I love it when my kids come to me but when they come, not just asking for something, but they come with gratefulness. I mean, I could have gotten up early, taken them to the park, gotten them a donut, played games with them outside, all this. I'm exhausted. And if they come to me like, Dad, we want more. It's like, oh, man, I've, I've already given so much to you. This is my Saturday, right? But if they're like, Dad, you're just the best. And I'm so grateful that you took us here and you did that. And now would you rub my toes? I'm like, oh, come here, sweetie. Like, of course I will, right? Why? Because it was something about when people come with grateful spirit it changes the heart of the father. When he goes, he realizes it's about motives, it's about all those things, but when we come being faithful and grateful with everything that God's given us, it changes us. Listen, when we come with true gratefulness, I, I believe it changes the heart of the father. I, I, I really do, I really do. Here's another, the other word, or the second word I have for you. I believe God has called us to come with perseverance. We're supposed to come in prayer with thankfulness and gratefulness, but the other word is uh, perseverance. And this is a, a long scripture, but I wanted to read it to you guys. It's found in Luke 11, verses five through 13. And these are red letter words. These are words from Jesus. So, you know, I want you to hear these words and think of Jesus speaking to you right now. Guest speaker this morning, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, here you go. Says, then it says, then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed, I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you ask for because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep seeking and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You fathers, if, you, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if, you, if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. 
So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We're supposed to come with gratefulness, but there's this idea of perseverance, of persistence. You just, you just come to him again and again and again, and I get it, it is hard, right? And many people in here that I know, you have been praying, you have been praying again and again for that lost loved one, that family member, that son, that daughter, that brother, that sister, maybe a mother or father who is, who is far from God, and you're like, man, I've prayed the prayer, I've said all these things, and you know what God says? Pray again. Keep knocking, keep seeking, keep asking, and God will give you the answer. Even if the answer has to be no, not yet, or maybe, or wait, he will give you an answer. You just got to keep seeking. So it's one of those things where uh, you, you come to him with gratefulness, you come to him with uh, perseverance, and the last word is um, confidence. I believe God wants us to know we can come to him with such a strong confidence such a strong confidence with the Lord, knowing that when he hears us, it, he, when he really does hear us, he absolutely hears us. First John 5.14 says this, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask or pray for anything according to his will, he hears us. This is the confidence. We can come to God with such confidence knowing he hears us, but we're gonna come to him again and again and again. Why? Because he really does hear us. <laughs> But then he wants us to know that when we come with that grateful spirit, it changes his heart. And this is so much easier to say than maybe walk out. I get that. Uh, right now, our oldest daughter, she has been praying for something uh, for the last month and a half. And it's kind of hard for me to see because she's really, uh, if you know Matea, she's pouring out her heart to God in prayer. She really is. And uh, she's probably come to us in tears about five different times now. And she goes, Dad, I have been praying for this like so hard. I, if you know, it's like, I'm pouring out my heart to God. And this, about the second time she came to us in tears, I just said, I really felt like the Spirit gave me a word for her. And I said, Matea, listen, I believe God wants you to be faithful. Can you just promise, even as you're waiting for God to give you the answer, would you just be faithful with what you can do in this situation? He goes, and tears in her eyes, she's like, yes, Dad, I can. I was like, babe, would you just promise to be grateful? Be grateful for everything that God's given you. But just keep coming to him, keep seeking him, keep asking him, no matter how much it hurts. And, and, and so now when she comes to me, she's come to me three other times in tears asking about this. I'm like, baby, you staying grateful? Are you staying faithful with every little thing that you could possibly do? She's like, yes, dad, I am. And I'm like, well, then you just need to keep praying. Then you just need to keep seeking. You just keep, need to keep knocking. And I promise the door will be open because it moves the heart of the father when we do that. Listen, church, when we come with gratefulness, confidence, and perseverance, it moves us from begging, pleading, and hoping and wishing to standing and believing in faith. And that is the type of faith that moves the God the Father. That's the type of faith that changes us as disciples of Christ. That's the type of faith that God wants us to have right now. Can I have everyone stand to your feet? The final thing I, uh, I wanna leave with you guys today in this message on prayer is not easy, but it's something all of us have to do. I'm gonna say it's not easy because we fight this every single day of our life and that is our will. In prayer, God calls us to lay down our will and ask for God's will above all else. So can we come to God about anything? Yes. Does he care? Yes. 
Does he always answer? I believe yes. It may not always be the answer we want, but he always does. But in terms of how we should pray, God makes it abundantly clear in his word, we're supposed to submit our will to the will of the Father. We read it once already, but Matthew chapter six, verse nine says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Romans eight twenty seven, And he who searches our hearts and knows what is in the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. First John 5, 14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask for anything, what? According to his will, he hears us. And I think that the strongest uh, scripture that we can read and just be kind of blown away by is in, found in Luke. And it's where Jesus is praying in the garden of Gethsemane. And we know at this point in, of his uh, mission on earth, he's, he knows why he came. He's been telling his disciples, like I came into this world to do one thing. I'm gonna die for you. And in three days I'm gonna be resurrected, but I'm doing this. This is, I, this is the purpose for which I came into this world. So he knows this, right? He's been telling, he's been teaching his disciples this, but this is what he says in Luke 22, verse 42 calling out, praying with, with deep groans and, and sweats of blood from his face. He says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup of suffering away from me. Yeah, I want your will to be done, not mine. I want your will to be done, not mine. And this is Jesus and Jesus knows, Jesus knows this is why I was created. This is why God sent me, my father sent me. And yet I have to submit my will to the will of the father. And I just feel like someone in here today just needs to know God hears you, God sees you. He wants you to keep coming to him. You have no request too big, no request too small. But maybe the final thing that you just need to do in your life is say, but God, I submit this to you. I, I, I completely submit this to you. It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? It's like, and they, he tells the king like, God, king, I know our God is gonna be able to save us from this fiery furnace, but even if he doesn't, but even if you, he doesn't answer this prayer of ours, we, we still can't bow down to you, right? That's what submitting our will to God's will looks like. It's saying, God, I want you, I believe you know better for me, even better than I know for myself. And when we come to that type of relationship with God, I promise you, it changes everything. And you will live under a blessing of God as a disciple of Christ that you never even thought or imagined could exist. Let's just turn our hearts to the Lord. Father, I just thank you for every person in here. And God, I personally just repent for the times I, I have struggled to, to keep my prayer life on task and focused. God, I know you forgive us and I know you care. But today I pray that uh, something would change in Rev City Church. Something would change in the hearts of life of every single person in here or watching online today, God, and that we would have a passion for prayer. We would have a lifestyle of prayer that no matter where we are at, God, we would not compartmentalize you. We invite you into the, our marriages. We'd invite you into our families. We'd invite you into our businesses and in our workspaces, God, because we care. We want to develop this relationship with you. And for whoever's in here today, God wants you to know, it says, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. If you feel that God is far from you, it's not because he is, it's because you separated yourself from him. But if you take one step to him today, he will run to you. He will run near to you. 
He will draw near. He cares. He is close to the brokenhearted. All we have to do is come. So, Father, we're coming before you. We love you. We just say today we surrender, we repent, and we say not our will, but your will be done. But we ask for blessings over this people. We ask for uh, blessings over our nation. God, I'm reminded what your word says, that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. So, God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would heal our land. We repent of our sins, God. That prayer is about us. That prayer is about you. That prayer is about me, God. We repent, Jesus. We say we're going to turn our face towards you. And because we're stepping out in faith and doing that, you will heal the land that is so broken. You will heal our culture that is so broken, God, because you care and you will draw near in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we ask all these things, Father. Amen. Amen. All right, before we leave here today, guys, the last thing I wanna do is give anyone in here the opportunity to experience the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. And maybe you're thinking like, man, I didn't know. I just didn't know that I could have direct access to this, this Father and I could come to Him anytime I want. The creator of the universe, that, that should be the thing that blows our mind. It's not that we, we can go there. He wants us to come to Him. But maybe you feel far from Him because you have this thing called sin in your life and that sin, the Bible says, equals death. The wages of sin is death, but the good news of Jesus Christ is that He paid for that death. He paid for that sin and we can come to God our Father because of the blood of Jesus. But here's the thing. It's a gift, and a gift has to be taken. It has to be received. He's already provided for it. He's already given it to us. And the only difference between a believer and a non-believer is not that one person's more spiritual. It's not that one person doesn't sin and the other person does. It's that one person has decided to accept that free gift. And today, if there's anyone in this room today that wants to accept that free gift of salvation, I just want you to boldly raise your hand and say, I want that. I want that direct access to God, my Father. I want forgiveness for my sins. I want a new, new relationship. I want to develop a relationship with this person, and it will change your life forever. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. And for anyone watching online today, you can even just raise a hand emoji and someone's going to pray with you. We desire that. We want to see people come to Jesus because we know for us who believe it is the best decision we have ever made before. So if you raise your hand today, you, you can lower it. And we're going to pray this prayer together. And we do it for a couple of reasons. The first one is we want to show our brothers and sisters in here who raise their hand that we support you guys. We love you. We're so excited for you. But the second reason we do it is because it reminds us those who believe that we will never graduate from grace. We need to be reminded of this. So whether you raise your hand or not, let's just pray this prayer together and say, Dear Father, I recognize my need for a Savior. And I thank you for sending Jesus who paid the price I could never pay to make a way that I might have a new life and a fresh start. I give you my life and I give you my hope, I give you my trust. And because of the blood of Jesus, I will never be the same. Come on, let's praise God for the people who came home today. Worship team, would you go ahead and lead us? I'm praying for you guys, I hope you have a great week, God bless.